Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Everybody and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. Yes, the matchmaking crowns are back on for the second to last time in 2023. For the final time in 2023, following a non-pay-per-view event. Yes, we're talking about UFC Vegas 83, and this should be an interesting one. The card was a roller coaster ride. It's ups, it's had its downs. We saw Khalil Roundtree emerge as the show stealer of the event, and he did the thing with his call-out time with the microphone. We had a sweeping of the scorecards in the main event, but a performance in a fight we probably will not watch a second time, and other matchups to be made as well following the UFC's return to the world's most famous apex. But I am Mike Hack, and joining me as always, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the Prince of Positivity, Damn it, he's my best friend, Alexander K. Lee, AK. Welcome back. Thank you, my best friend. Happy to be here. Happy to be doing this show with you in a very good mood. Uh, I'll tell everyone listening right away. Uh, I'm, I'm, listen, they hear this from me a lot lately. I, I'll take a random fight night card off here and there. Uh, this is during the holiday season. You know, I was at a lovely Christmas party in Uxbridge, Ontario uh, the other night, and uh it was a good time. I don't regret it. I, I was keeping up with the results, of course, watching the highlights. You know, I, I was somewhat invested in, in a few of the, the outcomes on this card. But judging by, again, highlights, MMAFlaying.com's excellent coverage and uh, the usual running play-by-play in our Slack channel, it was like, you know, there, like you said, there were some good moments, but I didn't miss. It doesn't sound like I missed, a, like, a momentous occasion. No. Okay. I, I think you... Uh, you t- now th- this holiday party you went to. What was mm-hmm. the uh, what, what was the attire? Was it you know dress up? Was it was it sweater like uh-huh. fun sweater style? What, what was this like? So this is interesting. So it was like a normal. It's just normal. Just just dress casual, just whatever you want. No theme. But this Friday, I'm going to a uh, like wear pajamas Christmas party. I, wow. I, I would assume Christmas themed pajamas. Like wear like a onesie. I guess. I guess I, I meant to buy. I don't own one of those. 
So I guess just to go with the theme, I don't want to show up my actual pajamas, which seems, which would just look, I don't know, bummy. Um, <laughs> I don't really have formal pajamas. I guess I'm just wearing like, you know, I go to up jogging pants and I don't know. I, I don't know if I actually own a formal pair of like dress pajamas or even Christmas themed pajamas. So yeah. So uh, no, the party I just went to normal wear adult clothes. And then uh, this Friday I did do a pajama thing. So I don't know. Interesting. Why do you ask? Good sir. I'm just, I'm just curious. Um, oh. Little teaser. The watch party on Saturday for mm. UFC 296 is going to be incredibly festive. The cold open is incredible. I've already seen it, just to give you a little bit of a heads up. And I bought my holiday sweater for the watch party. It is freaking incredible. It is incredible. I'm so excited to unveil this on Saturday. It's so hideous, but it is the best, maybe the best holiday sweater I've ever seen. Uh, and I found it. And I'm very excited to reveal it to all of you. Uh, it will be a happy, happy holiday, much like it will be for Song Yudong, following his 50-45, 50-45, unanimous decision win over Chris Gutierrez. A very weird fight, AK. It was a little chess matchy at first. Chris Gutierrez started getting pretty heated at Herb Dean. He started to get heated at a random heckler in the crowd and inviting him into the octagon uh, to fight him. He did the Eminari roll in round five, knowing he was down four rounds. And while Chris Gutierrez had his moments on the feet and started to kind of, I don't know if confuse Song Yudong was the correct answer, but maybe frustrate a little bit. Song Yudong and Team Alpha Male style just took Chris Gutierrez down and put him on his back for about, I don't know, 12 minutes over the last three rounds to end the festivities, he sweeps the cards and then cuts the promo on Piotr Jan, who is aptly nicknamed Piotr Jan after his Jan emoji was on the screen for like two minutes during Song Yudong's post-fight interview. Piotr Jan's name has been thrown out quite a bit on this show over the last couple of weeks, AK. It's a two-horse race right now, coming out of UFC Austin and coming out of this event. So my question to you is, are you doing Song Yudong versus Piotr Jan? Has have you veered at all? I, I don't remember what you did for Figueredo. Uh and if not, where are we going? No, I'm not I'm not I went with Figgy. I'm uh Figgy on. I'm not veering away from that matchup. That's the matchup to make. It's it's excellent. And also um isn't also isn't Piotr Jan fighting Conor McGregor? Didn't I hear but what what was that? What was that about? What the hell was that? I saw some, <laughs> what what some clip he's like in Connor's where was this? I I, I didn't actually see the clip itself i've no talking idea, about it dude it's some show over in russia i assume and conor mcgregor is just like doing just conor randomly there hanging out that was just like like we're why 2023 is the year of just random just throw any two ufc fighters that are attending an event <laughs> or someone two people who have ever fought in the ufc and just face them off and get a moment and it's not a bad idea it's not gonna last forever but right now <laughs> stuff gets traction for some reason we tell people to do the thing you know, Mike, and we will, and certainly, well, as we get later in the show, there are people who did the thing perfectly well. Um, but also, if you're going to, like, sometimes the thing you do has to make some sort of sense. We can't just be doing things with no purpose, Mike. Am I, am I great? Like, I don't know, maybe that was a nice thrill for the, if you were there, if you were at, yeah, to see Piotr Jan and Conor McGurr face off. But why? Just, I don't, I, why are we doing this? I have no uh, idea. I just, MMA. Uh, I'm sticking with Jan and Figgy, so I had to find someone else for song. Uh, I'm going with I. I thought I'd matched matched uh, the name I picked before recently, but I don't think I have. I think I've been waiting for someone to sort of win these sweepstakes. I 
if he's going to fight up, I think it has to be Marab. I wow. think we have to go with him, Marab. I know it's it's Song is. I, I get it. He's probably still not even quite in his prime yet. He's getting to his prime. He's already had. A, he has a bunch of quality wins on his resume. People either forget or they don't want to acknowledge that he has that win over uh, Chito Vera from a few years ago. It was a very close fight, and, and Chito has called that fight a robbery, and other Chito fans have called the fight a robbery. I didn't think it was that bad. I, I, I thought Song credibly won, but um, I get it. I get it. That's why you'd, want, you'd probably want to run that back at some point. But um, either way, that's on his resume, and he's beaten other good fighters. He's, what, two losses in the UFC, I think? So, yeah, there's just a lot of names ahead of him who I either I don't think are going to get off the couch to fight him, um, and that uh, or already booked or already have a very logical next opponent. So I think he has to land on Marab because Marab's going to want to fight soon and he's going to want to name. Oh, well, he doesn't care who he fights. Obviously, he wants Sean O'Malley at some point, but that's not going to happen within the next three or four months. So he stays busy, maybe books a fight with Song. It's tough. Uh, and Mike, before you give me your song pick, the Gutierrez thing, him getting called up by some heckler, I still don't understand. So there is a limited amount of fans allowed in the Apex now. Like, are there tickets, or is this someone from like Song's team? Do you think Song's or entourage, friends, family, team, etc., teammate, a teammate possibly that like was, you know, s talking. I don't know. I don't know who's in there. Who's Um, in there? Who is in there? Who's in the Apex watching these fights? So as I wrote on the live blog, uh, live the live blog for this fight, Joe Martinez got the dozens and dozens of people fired up inside the apex. <laughs> uh, so base, I, I pull up Alex Bunin's tweet because he was he was in the building covering the event. Uh, this is what he said: Chris Gutierrez just told someone in the crowd, "F you, whoever said that." Someone replied, "I said that," and Chris said, "I bet you won't get in here and fight me." <laughs> but Danny Ige has talked about having hecklers. Like heckle him when he fights at the apex too, so it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, but it's not random people. It's people yeah. from the other. It's it's like it's, it's it's friends and family and teammates of the other fighter. No, no, no. There's fans not... too. You can buy tickets to those. Oh, you, you can. They're super pricey, but you could buy tickets oh. for that experience. God, do people have too much money? What's going they on? Must. I feel so bad for Song because this was, you know, UFC Shang Vegas was supposed to be UFC Shanghai. And if, if he puts on the same performance, I get it. I know it wasn't the liveliest win. I understand this. But if he puts on, a, one, it, it wouldn't have been a five-rounder, I don't think, because he would have been the co-main probably, right? I, I think we would have no, had he, a th- th- this it. No, this would have the been the main event from Jump Street, yeah. I keep saying, we, I keep thinking, we, we'll never, what, ha- what happened to Zhang and Yan? We just, we don't know why that fight couldn't happen. I don't know. Um, maybe they want it for pay-per-view instead. I don't know. Uh, okay, well, either way, even if, if he puts on this performance in Shanghai, I think it goes down a little bit easier. I think you have that roar of the crowd. They're probably still not thrilled with uh, Gutierrez, like whatever's happened to Gutierrez in the last couple of rounds. But it just changes things so much. I think we'd look at it a little bit differently. I think you just have this moment where there's a crowd there supporting their, uh, uh, you know, clearly supporting one fighter. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it still gets, uh, the performance still gets, you know, kind of pooped on. But um Man, it sucks that this has to happen inside the apex. Just terrible. <laughs> yeah, and it ain't going anywhere, guys. I'm sorry. No, I hate to. Not. I hate to tell you, we're gonna get a whole bunch. In fact, I think like most of January and February is at the apex. So this guys, this, this promotion used to go to Moncton. <laughs> this promotion went to Moncton once upon a time, Mike. And you're telling me this is never gonna happen again because it's so much more cost effective and logistically easier for them to just stay in the apex. That is a yeah. tragedy. I don't know. We had UFC Lincoln at one Lincoln. point. I mean, look, <sighs> all these small areas, like UFC Worcester could happen at some they point. They better like, go back to Sioux Falls. Here? You're telling me they're never, no, they're never going back to Sioux Falls? <laughs> Come on. Go they to should. hell, UFC. <laughs>
Yeah. This look, winning is the most important thing. I get that. Hundred percent. We talked about it on the post fight show. This is a smart performance from Song Yidong. He did what he needed to do to get the win, and he won. And he gets the second half of his paycheck, and he gets to have a, a happier holiday season for doing so. However, sometimes you just it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like when you want the Piotr Jan fights and you want these big fights, whose performance is everyone remembering more? Figueredo's against Rob Font or Song Yudong's versus Chris Gutierrez, even though Chris had an extra 10 minutes or Song had an extra 10 minutes. It's Davis and Figueredo. Like the buzz for Figgy versus John is still much higher than it was it, it, than it is with this fight. I don't remember there being any buzz for Song versus John, even when someone misreported that fight as a thing, even though it wasn't a thing. There was like no, it was just like, okay, I get it. Like, sure. But no one was like clamoring for it. And while Song did the thing, I just don't think it's enough. So Bantamweight is very weird right now. Rob was even on the post-fight show on the UFC and said that he accepted a fight with Henry Cejudo. They're just waiting on the date. But again, you're, you may not be wrong, AK. It is Henry Cejudo. You never know what's going to happen. And maybe Marab just gets to the point where he's like, I don't care. I'll fight it, whoever. And maybe Song goes in there and takes the big opportunity. But I think he's going to have to fight backwards here. And I think, just think this would be fun, AK. I just think this would be fun. Let's go back in time a little bit to one of the more heated rivalries at 135 pounds. Dominic Cruz versus Team Alpha Male versus Uriah Faber. I know Faber and Cruz have mended fences a little bit, but I mean, the build to a Song Yudong versus Dominic Cruz fight would be a lot of fun. Like him, Cruz and Faber just kind of joking around with each other, somewhat serious, somewhat not serious. It would just be super compelling stuff. So I think the best Song can hope for is this fight because it's the biggest name he can get. Cruz is coming off of a loss, but that doesn't matter. Rob Font would be fun, but Font's lost two out of three. I don't know how much value that would hold for him right now and his rise up the ranks. So I just laid it on Dominic Cruz. I don't think he's going to get the on fight, AK. No, I don't think he is. Uh, I like the Cruz pick. If I were waving my magic wand, I'm going I'm going with Cruz. I, I just, uh, Cruz, where, oh yeah, we are over a year now since his last fight, August 2022. Uh, is he serious about competing or not? He's earned the right to pick his spots, okay? Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not... Cruz doesn't have to fight anyone. Uh, it doesn't hurt his legacy if he doesn't fight, again, uh, any of these killers at 135, these up-and-comers. But he, if he's not going to retire, and if he's going to keep... He's sort of keeping it... You know, if he's going to keep his name in the mix, if the UFC is going to keep his name in the mix, he's got to fight someone. He's got to fight one of these guys. And if I'm him, I'm certainly viewing song as a winnable fight. It's not, he'll, he would be the underdog for sure, but I don't think it's crazy. I think songs maybe in that matchup, uh, minus one fifty. I don't think, I don't think he'd be a super like favorite over Cruz. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people have given up on Cruz, but, um, this makes a lot of sense for him. It's dangerous for sure. It's a loss that if he took, it would, you know, get people talking about retirement again. It'd probably certainly get him thinking of whether he can keep up with this, you know, the new, newer generation of uh, 135ers. Um, but I really would like to see that. That would have been a nice call out for Song. But again, maybe they know better than to call out uh, call for a fight with Dominic Cruz because he fights on, he fights on his own schedule and call out. It might be wasted if you try and call him out. So I, I hope this does happen, but I'm I'm skeptical. That fight in Miami would be good. Let's just load that Miami card up. 
if that's UFC has not officially announced this, but that is, you know, w- w- what's been targeted. Just do a whole bunch of bantamweight fights on that card. Just load it up with bantamweight fights. Do a featherweight fight. Throw that in there. Like, like just turn this event to like the lighter weight class event. Flyweights, bantamweights, featherweights. Let's just do that. I would love that idea. And there's some good fights you can make for that card. But we'll see what happens for one song Yudong. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Let's go to the cult main event. Khalil Roundtree. Talk about do, doing the thing, AK. This guy did the thing. Competitive fight with Anthony Smith over the first 10 minutes. I thought the first round was really close. Second round, close, competitive. Smith probably landed more, but Roundtree landed the more impactful shots. And then we saw, every, I'm sure everybody has seen the knockout at this point. Lands the, com- the counter combination. Smith's on wobbly legs, collapses to the ground. And Khalil Roundtree has the invisible Thor hammer ready to drop it on Anthony Smith should he move in the wrong direction. And then the hammer just stayed up in the air as Mark Smith gingerly goes in <laughs> and stops the fight. And Khalil Roundtree, five in a row, AK. This guy just continues to impress. He picks up the biggest win of his career. Then he gets the microphone, AK. And he calls out Alex Pereira. He did the thing. He did the thing. And it makes sense. It makes sense because the biggest storyline heading into this card was, man, if Anthony Smith beats Khalil Roundtree, he might get a freaking title shot because of how timing could work out. Roundtree ain't wrong. Fans would love to see it. This would not be a pay-per-view main event by any stretch of the imagination. But if this is like a co-main event on a pay-per-view, you think anyone's going to complain about that? I don't think so. Question is whether or not he gets it. And this is where things get weird. I feel like he needs a lot to go in his favor. 
he needs Magomed Ankalaev to beat Johnny Walker in the most boring fight of all time. Like that's <laughs> yeah. what he needs to happen. If Johnny Walker or, wins, or he's... Walker, oh, you think Walker will get it if he beats? If he knocks, if he KOs, uh, yeah, you're right. I think if he KOs Ankalaev, he would get it. Yeah. yeah, they're gonna make that fight for sure. Um, or you could just mix up the whole bunch and have some real fun. We do Ankalaev versus Rakic. You know, two guys who could who like to do the takedowns and kind of do what Song Yudong did. Nothing wrong with that. And then you could do Khalil Roundtree versus Johnny Walker. Just let's just mix up the whole damn bag. But I don't think they're going to do that. So <sighs> I end up going with the Roundtree with Roundtree versus the Walker and Goliath loser. That's what I'm going with. Um, I feel like Goliath's going to win, and it's I don't think it's going to be all that thrilling. And I still don't think he's going to get the title shot, which means. Crystal ball wise, I'm going Khalil Roundtree versus Johnny Walker and sign me up for that, AK. What do you got? Wait, so why aren't you pulling the trigger on Roundtree and Pereira? I just don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think it's going to happen. I'm just try- like, I'm trying to think how, we- how this works. Do you do it at UFC 300? Is that like the featured fight of UFC 300? Doesn't seem like a UFC 300 fight. Mm-hmm. And if they, if Pereira doesn't fight till May or June, at that point, you might as well just wait for Jamal Hill to come back if you got to wait another two months. You know what I mean? So, like, for this to happen, Pereira needs to fight, like, in the next three months. He needs to fight, like, at the latest UFC 300, and the UFC has to make this fight, like, already put it on the card, or Khalil Roundtree is, like, the first op- alternate. And if they book, like, Pereira versus somebody else, and the opponent falls through. Maybe you slide Roundtree in there. I just don't know. Like Smith, I think there's more buzz potential, more headlining potential. Cleo Roundtree is a, a, a dude killing it. Great fighter, super fun to watch. Problem is nobody outside of the hardcore MMA space knows who this guy is. This guy, he just fights at the apex. He fought in yeah. Nashville against Dustin Jacoby, and a lot of people thought Dustin Jacoby won that fight. So. But other than that, he just he fights at the apex. He delivers the goods, but he's an interesting guy. He's got a great story, but nobody knows who he is. So, like in a perfect world, you do Connor Chandler at UFC 300. You do like another big title fight in the co-main, and then you do Pereira versus Roundtree as like the featured bout. And let's get Roundtree on people's radars. Like let's get to know him. But either way, Cleo Roundtree's next fight needs to be on pay per view, and it needs to be on a main card, and he needs to be at a press conference. He needs a promotional push. It's time. This win has solidified that it's time to give this guy a push and see what he can do. I just don't think he's going to get the title shot, man. I just don't think he's going to get it. That knockout should have been in front of people. It should be going super viral. Uh, I, I found the OC. I pushed that knockout as much as I can. We just did the damn they were good on Mark Hunt. Talk about walk-off KOs. This was like a walk forward. It wasn't a walk off. It was a, and very necessary. It wasn't like he was like styling on him. It wasn't he's like walking forward like bark. He's not barking at Anthony Smith. He's like he's he, like I say he's got the Thor's hammer raised, the Mjolnir, and he's like I'm gonna hit him again, Mark. I'm gonna hit, Mark. I'm gonna hit him. I'm gonna hit him, Mark. I'm gonna hit him. And Mark is like all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, you're fine. Don't hit him. Don't hit him. I'll wave it off. It was it was a walk forward. You just don't see that super often. You, we've seen the walk off by you know again Mark Hunt, the best of it. Some other fighters pulled it off. We've seen the you knock the guy down, you dive in and probably throw you know unne- unnecessary ground and pound. It's rare you just see the march forward, and it could have worked out. It could have like not worked out for 
for Roundtree. This may, maybe Anthony Smith recovered. I don't think he was recovering from that shot anyway. Maybe he recovers and and you know you pay for it because you didn't follow up. But the, but he had a great sense of the moment uh, talking about Khalil Roundtree. Um, good for him. So hopefully that image of him just that fist raised menacingly in the air. Um, hopefully that's that does get some play. But you're right, he's a bit far off from mainstream recognition. Uh, I am going, of course, with uh, the Panetta fight because I think I I went with Jamal Hill when uh, Panetta beat um, beat Erie. It's just sort of hoping that whatever Hill can be healthy soon enough, and that you don't have to wait too long for the, that fight. But Hill's stupid legal situation, um, just everything with him in general, it's a lot of it's up in the air. Uh, that's a pretty serious injury he suffered too. Um, and he's a great athlete. I'm sure he can bounce back from it, but I don't know how long we're gonna have to wait. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm throwing my own pick out the window. I'm changing the round tree in Pereira. It's what I wanted. I, I remember when we said when Pereira was going up, I really wanted to fight Roundtree instead of Yan. I think I think it would have led him on the same path, honestly. If Pereira had beaten Roundtree, I still think they would have given him the Yuri fight, but didn't happen. Instead, you know, grinded out a tough win against uh, Jan. Uh, but I don't want to lose out in that fight. I still want to see Khalil and Panetta. I still want to see it happen. I'm happy to see it happen next. Khalil, you're the you're the glory killer. This would be the greatest glory kickboxing slaying of all. Um, so let's do it sooner rather than later. I, I see no reason to wait. So, sorry, Ankalaev. Sorry, Johnny Walker. Sorry, Rakic. Sorry, whoever fights Rakic uh, at 297. If that uh, they're able to keep um, keep them on there, but I think Roundtree can jump over both of them. Uh, yes, as a co-main event title fight. I mean, I for I hope they do it. I hope they do it I'd so it. bad. I hope they Round, do it. I just love Roundtree is what he's thirty. Well, he's not super old. He's thirty. He's got a few, plenty of good years left in him. But I don't know. It just I don't know if he's ever going to be. You know, yeah, one more win could make him hot. I was going to say I don't know if he could ever be hotter. Be right. It's not like he's white hot right now. He's just he's gaining. He's only now gaining recognition for this run he's on and some of these knockouts he's had. So yeah, he's not like super hot right now. But I'd love to see it next. I, I say just do it. His next fight's going to be a big one. There's no yeah, doubt it about be. it. It will be yeah. a big fight. He might be... Not at be... the Apex. Not at the Apex. Please. Oh, okay. Unless it's a not main event. Apex. Unless it's a Maybe. main event. But even then, Maybe. I think he needs <sighs> to be on a on a paper... Like on a stacked pay-per-view card. Mm-hmm. But, man, I really wanted to see that Azamat Merzlikhanov fight. But now Merzlikhanov's kind of in the dust right now with what Cleo Roundtree just did. Everyone's talking about him coming out of this card. So, great win for him. We'll see what happens. Real quick, let me just say this. Um... I don't care what happens at UFC 297. The next fight for Anthony Smith is Dominic Reyes. That's it. He's fighting Dominic Reyes. <laughs> this fight needs what, to happen. What if, if Reyes gets annihilated? Shouldn't he just retire? No, he Sorry, should fight Dominic Anthony Reyes. Smith. Come on. <laughs> he should fight Anthony Smith. We could do a we could do a gimmick. We could do a career ending match. I'm cool with, with either, oh, but uh, I have to see that fight I, at this point. I, like they should have made it anyways. Yeah. If I see Dominic Reyes get just smoked in two minutes by Carlos Alvarez. I I don't want to see him fight again. I, I'm good. I can't do it, Mike. I can't do it without a grace anymore. <laughs> well, let's let's move on before we dive deeper into what an Anthony Smith Dominic Grace fight would look like. Nazrat Hackparast, AK. Look at this guy. All of a sudden, three fight win streak for Nazrat. Dude is just on one right now. Just quietly amassing a nice little win streak. Gets a finish of Jamie Malarkey in the first round. After a, a fun fight in his most recent appearance against Christian Quinones, Nazrat Hackbrass just doing the damn thing right Landon, now, AK. Landon Quinones. Landon Quinones. Christian Quinones. I, I, I get that mixed up. veteran, Landon Quinones. How dare you? How dare yes, you? My, my apologies. A little bit of doo-doo. <laughs> this will not be the last time you hear doo-doo on this program. But uh, AK, what are we doing next for Nazrat Hackbrass after his hockey fight knockout, which I 
Doug, very much. Yeah, it's a good run. It's a, I did not predict him to knock out Malarkey. I think I had, oh, I actually had a Malarkey upset like decision or something. But uh, boy, Hackfrost looked good. I think I wasn't like sold on the last two wins because, you know, John McDessie kind of on his way out of the UFC. Uh, Landon, it was a good win, but Landon looked, was pretty competitive in that fight. And Landon was also making his UFC debut, uh, I think on short notice. So I was like, I was like, has, has, has Nazareth Hackfrost really turned the corner? And, you know, Malarkey's not in a, like an incredible, like top, 20 win either but it's good he got the finish three straight can't deny it you know he's getting in there uh talking about nazrat getting the job done so uh okay i throw this name out a lot and i actually just did uh for i wanted this guy to fight drew dober but dober just apparently won the uh, money moicano sweepstakes so you'll hear it again uh i'm picking out diego fajeda He's got to fight again sometime soon, right? Sometime in 2024. So I think him and Hawk Press is a good fight. I still have Fajeda ranked pretty highly, like top 20, top 25. I, I'm sure people have dropped him for inactivity. Uh, but I still consider him to be, uh, I know he's up there in age too. I still consider him to be one of the tougher lightweights. And that's, for me, is a logical test for Nazareth and a way for him to kind of uh, creep up the rankings. Well, Nazareth is somewhat far away from a title shot. <laughs> Even though he's on a three-fight win streak, he may be closer to Drakkar Close, which is what I'm going with. Yeah. Uh, Drakkar Close coming off a nice knockout win of his own against Joe Selecki a week prior with the power bomb to the side of the face against Joe Selecki. So, yeah, let's do Nazareth versus Drakkar Close. I like that idea. I know Drakkar called up Benil Dariush. I don't think he's going to get that fight. Although I would love to see those two guys fight again because that fight is absolutely insane. Let's do Nazareth versus Jakar. I like that one. I think it works out well. And two guys who have probably who are good and probably have somewhat underachieved based on what they could do, but still have time to hit that mark that people sort of had for them. So I kind of like this matchup. So I end up going with that. Yeah. I, I close was my wild card pick last week, so I had him getting Grant Dawson trying to move close up. But this makes a lot of sense. I I, I would not be surprised if within the next two weeks, uh, Hack Press Management, Close's Management uh, were you know contacted by the UFC, UFC and like this this spell was proposed. It just the timing just works out and where they are in the rankings and even their styles and it could make for a fun fight. AK in the sport, there's a lot of intangibles, right? It's about fight style. It's about being business savvy it's about doing the thing but it's also about risk management i don't think that it's talked about enough and boy oh boy did tim elliott just jump in at the right time maybe the risk management wasn't great for anthony smith i think the reward would have been great so i don't blame him for taking that fight but tim elliott less than a week's notice jumps in to fight suma Derji, and he just he did tim elliott things just a he just dusted him up put him to sleep with an arm triangle Tim Elliott just doing the damn thing. The Wiley veteran, it was, I think that was his 34th professional fight, 36 years of age, about to turn 37 on Christmas Eve. Nice win. He had a great performance against Muhammad Mikhaev. I believe on two of the judges' scorecards, he's up 20 to 18 on those cards. And Tim Elliott could be put in a different spot right now. Dude is just a tough out for anybody. I think he's a very important piece to this flyweight puzzle, which is why I'm going to match up Tim Elliott with a youngster who also competed on this card and delivered the goods. It is time for a step up in competition for one Tatsuro Taira. And let's just throw him to the, let's throw him to the vet. Let's throw him to the grizzled vet and let's see what he could do. Tim Elliott versus Tatsuro Taira is my choice. 
I hear music. <laughs> do you hear, I do. I hear a familiar tune. Oh, I hear, I hear, I hear guitars. I hear uh-huh. a keyboard. I hear AC yeah. Slater on the drums. One, <laughs> two, three. Friends, Friends forever. forever. Boom. Yeah, love it. That's the way to go. I think there was. A, there's. It's Tim Elliott. There's always a ton of options. He's one of those guys. He fights up and comers. He fights other veterans. He fights ranked guys. But this is what it came down to. I think we all see big things for Tetsuro Tyra. We all want to see him get a main card fight. Uh, and him and Elliot is definitely a main card fight. That's on pay-per-view. That's a fight night. That's a, a, an Apex card, whatever. It's a main card fight. I'd be very shocked if we saw that in the prelims. Uh, and it's time. And if, again, Tyra loses to Tim Elliott, no shame in it. Tim Elliott has been in this game much, much longer than young Tyra. And if Tyra beats him, uh, I think we are we already have him in the rankings. I'm pretty sure the UFC does too. But it might push him. I don't think he's in... ranked in the UFC rankings. No, really? I don't think he is. Interesting. Okay. He's in our rankings. He's in our rankings. I think we actually have him ahead, one spot ahead of Tim Elliott. Oh, no, just one spot behind or something. But maybe not after. Uh, we'll see. We'll see after uh, our next update. But yeah, it's not. It's a, a great matchup. I also consider a bit of a Ultimate Fighter rematch with Matt Schnell. I think that'd be fun. I'm surprised that uh, I'd love that was in 2018, 20, oh, maybe further back, 2017. 2017. But yeah, I would love to see Chanel and Elliot fight again. I also thought uh, Ulan Bekov, Cody Durden winner, they're fighting at 296. But uh, yeah, I, I think Tyra's more interesting than both those guys, and, and hopefully they can make that happen. And you know Tim Elliott is not afraid of anybody. Like I said, he just fought Makayev. So he's think he's worried about a matchup with uh, that Sarah Tyra. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, I know he's supposed to fight David Dvorak. I think a lot of people wanted to see that rebooked, but no. After that performance, just just folding Carlos Hernandez with punches, like, let's go. I want to see what he could do. And like you said, he's, he's young enough, he's skilled enough that if he loses to Tim Elliott, there's no shame in that. A lot of people have lost to Tim Elliott. It happens. Uh, like I said, I've had a tough time with Tim Elliott. If he didn't get that finish in the third round, he probably loses that fight. So I love it. We'll see what happens. Let's move on to the main card opener, AK. Who would have thought that a year and a half ago, Andre Muniz, a guy that we were saying, I mean, we, we ranked him incredibly high in our rankings, even after the Uriah Hall fight. This guy has just slid under the radar in terms of potential middleweighty middleweights. So many comments on the post-fight show asking oh. if Andre Muniz is a middleweighty middleweight. The performance last night, he's definitely in play at worst, uh, but he more importantly than anything, AK, Andre Muniz... Snaps a two-fight losing streak. I thought it should be three fights, if we're being honest. I thought the Iron Turtle won that fight. But Andre Muniz back in the win column, maybe vying for that middleweighty middleweight title. Where are we going with Andre Muniz right now? This is what happens when specialists start rounding out their skill set. This is what happens when jujitsu specialists become mixed martial artists, especially at middleweight. They become middleweighty middleweights. I don't want Andre Muniz to be a well-rounded mixed martial artist. I'd want him to just grapple people to death and 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 if win or lose, just have that be your your identity. This is like what happened to Talos Leites once upon a time. Talos Leites was also a grappling specialist. Uh, and then he kind of was, yeah, I shouldn't say he, he never really rounded out of his game, but you could see him trying to mix the martial arts more, you know, and he eventually got an unlikely world title shot. And, um, and Talos Leites is one of the all time middleweighty middleweights. You go back and watch his Anderson Silva fight. And then everything after that, just, ugh, ugh. um, so a uh, good for Muniz gets the win, gets back in the win column. Very important. Yeah. I don't know. Probably not the most definitive victory. I think he's just, uh, he just gets, Oh, Roman Delice, Nasrani Imavov, 
uh, winner. They're fighting on February 3rd. Um, I know people might view them as a little more intriguing as prospects at 185, but it's neither guy. They're both coming off losses, so it's not like either guy gets that win is going to shoot up the rankings. Um, they're just trying to write the ship on in uh, you know in their own ways. So Muniz just did that. I think he gets one of them, and we we get even deeper into one of these guys getting to the middleweight middleweight division. It's not a pretty picture, but I don't know if you'll want from us for picking a fight for the uh, the main card opener in this situation. <laughs> I went similar direction, but maybe like a step back from that. Uh-huh. Uh, Chris Curtis is fighting Mark Andre Burial at UFC 297. Yeah. Give him the winner of that. Sure. Give him the winner of that. That's fine with me. Sure. Uh, especially if MAB wins. Like Muniz versus MAB could be the actual middleweight oh. middleweight title fight. Oh, Even though MAB has been pretty fun lately, he still yes. still oozes that middleweighty middleweightness that we admire him for. And I don't know. We'll see. Congratulations, Don Juniors. Let's go to the wild card round, AK. Let's select a matchup for a fighter we've not match made for yet and do so right now. My original pick was going to be Anthony Smith versus Dominic Reyes. I'm, I didn't ultimately decide to go with that, but AK, what did you land on for your UFC Vegas 83 wild card selection? I actually did go with Anthony Smith here. Uh, I like him at OSP. There's other veterans you could pick out. I like him at. OSP, just one of those, wow, these guys have both been in MMA forever and have somehow not fought each other. So that's, that's interesting to me. I also threw out, Mike, is there a chance, probably he's lost this opportunity, is there a chance they would pick he sits and waits and, and is the welcome back fight for Jamal Hill? Who? Anthony Smith? Anthony Smith. No. No, we can't they, do that. We all remember they were booked to fight before the Glover Teixeira fight happened for Jamal. Um, I do think at this point, obviously Jamal would just smash Anthony Smith, but uh, I don't know. I feel like Anthony Smith has earned this with the UFC. He did them a favor by taking the fight on short. Oh no, he took the fight on short notice. Or yeah, he did. He did. Yes. Well, they both technically did, but yeah, he did. right. Technically, that's true. He did them a favor by taking the fight on short notice. I don't think he's in any any rush to get back in there. As much as he enjoys fighting and is as as consistent as he has been, uh, I wonder if he can hold out and still get that Jamal fight. Unlikely, unlikely. Again, it's not my pick. This is just for people to, to people to think on. Because Jamal Hill again has some reputation uh, fixing to be done. There's some damage control to be done here. Whatever happens with the situation with him and his brother, either way, the pub it's it's a bad look. The the look is is very bad for him. Um, even if he you know gets out of the situation with any real legal repercussions, it's it's well seen. Unfortunately, it's you know for, further tarnishes his uh, Jamal Hill's name. So I don't know if the UFC is that eager to you know just throw Jamal into another big fight or or to immediately get that title fight I mean he should but I don't know if they want to give him that now so they'll give him someone I wonder if Anthony Smith could be could be the name they pick out of that hat I don't see it happening but boy Khalil Roundtree versus Jamal Hill would be super fun too yes that'd be super fun as well but sure look Jamal's gonna get a title shot especially if Pereira's the champion so We'll we'll see what ends up happening. I went I, with a guy who probably should have got a bonus last night and didn't. Steve Garcia didn't get a bonus. That was a terrifying knockout of um, Ocasio Costa, and no bonus for him. No bonus for Tetsu Retire either, which I thought was kind of weird. But here we are. At this point, like I just want to see Steve Garcia is super fun. Featherweight is just a joy. I think featherweight is going to be. One of those divisions, like I think featherweight's starting to get a little more love, but I think 2024 is the year where like featherweight kind of gets into that 
not exactly where Bantamweight is, but kind of where Bantamweight was three years ago where people were like, well, maybe featherweight's the best division in the sport, even though lightweight is the correct answer all the time. Steve Garcia versus David Onama, AK, give it to me. Give it to me. Anywhere in the world, from the apex to the garden, doesn't matter. Just give me Steve Garcia versus David Onama. That fight is going to deliver in spades. What was? Do we know what Onama's injury was? I know he was supposed to fight recently, a few few weeks ago, I think. Lucas uh, Alexander, no, but I don't know yeah, if uh, without the injury was it. Eh? Yeah, I don't think it was anything like super bad. Hopefully not. Hopefully love not. To see, love to see that fight. Would love to see Onama and Garcia. I think that'd be fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I, the, he doesn't. When he announced that he was out of the fight, that was October twenty sixth. He just said, "Like uh, the health comes first. Hope to be hope to be back next year." Okay. All right, well, I don't know what that means. Hopefully, it's not a bad thing. But uh, either way, either way, I do want to see that fight in 2024. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Anyone claiming ought no points, AK, that you saw? Uh, no, Mike, but I do have to check the tapes on myself in a bad way. I, I mentioned Ooh. this, I think, after the show. I think I told you this after the show last yes, week. I yes, have to. yes, I forgot. We all, listen, we all saw on air, <laughs> I made an ass of myself by uh, booking Neil Magny to fight Sean Brady when Neil Magny is literally fighting next month at a card. I will be, I, I will be there, possibly cage side, looking at Neil Magny, <clears throat> excuse me, fight Mike Malott. And I forgot this fight was happening, or I just didn't think about it when I was matching. Either way, super doo-doo pick already. And then it wasn't until afterwards, right after, when I realized, wait a minute, Jalen Turner, the pick I made for him, Matt Favola, was also a doo-doo pick. They fought at UFC 236 four years ago. So, and I think Favola won. So, Favola won or Jalen Turner won? Jalen Turner must have won. Um, Sorry, guys, we had some clickety-clacking here while I try to avoid further doo-dooing myself. Um... Matt Favola won. Matt Favola. So if, if anything, it's a really great choice for a rematch. I still stand by it, but that is not what I was thinking at all when I made the matchup. Uh, so I'll stand by the pick, but the way I presented it was absolutely doo-doo. Uh, I think only one listener uh, called me out on it afterwards, so I appreciate that. Thank you for letting me know. Uh, I had already, already remembered by then, but thanks for letting me know. And everyone else who caught that but didn't message me, thank you as well. Uh, I'm already embarrassed. So double doo-doo. For myself last week, I don't think I did anything too egregiously dumb this time. But if I did, people, of course, feel free to uh, to nudge me in the DMs. There's so many cards and so many fights. We forgive you. Okay, it happens. I've, I've dropped doo-doo this year. Uh, there's going to be doo-doo coming up. I have to say, I don't know how many submissions you got, but I didn't get a whole bunch. I think I only got two people submitting. Because, And I know why. Everyone is just like, look, let's just make this quick show. Then it's like officially UFC 296 fight week. That's what everybody cares about at this point. But... You want to give the disclaimer, and then we can get right into this? This might be the shortest yeah. listener submission segment of all time. It's I don't have that many. Um, yeah, just people watch out for mistakes like I made. Someone's already booked. Uh, they've already fought. Again, two mistakes I made last week. 
wrong weight class. This is a bit tricky these days. I see I see a handful of fighters jumping between, but uh, wrong weight class, notable injuries, uh, fighters who have been released. Again, kind of hard to keep track of. And uh, people who are teammates, close friends. It's a little bit easier to look up. You know, try and avoid matching those people up. It, it's happened to a lot of the same names. Uh, your pictures might be doo-doo, and we don't want to read it. And the last disclaimer I have is to tell people it is Roundtree. No D. No D. I, I imagine some things are just auto-correcting. Uh, I understand Roundtree in our brain. That's what we see when we look at Khalil's name. But please, his name is Roundtree. R-O-U-N-T-R-E-E. There's no D in there. Uh, there should be one, but there isn't. So please feel, be respectful of the man's name. Yes, and I think we all need to be respectful of the man's name. John Anik, uh, as you record, 56 minutes ago, tweeted exactly this. Like many Floridians, I go to bed wicked early. So just now watching the fights from last night, Khalil Roundtree Jr., if you like when good things happen to good people, you are happy for him. He made it happen. Incredible rise to contention. Just don't call him Khalil. Hashtag Lil. Khalil Roundtree. Oh. According to John Anik. And if John Anik says go. it, it's freaking gospel to me. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think I've heard that before and I just never registered me. Khalil. Khalil. Khalil okay. Roundtree. I got to work on that. I got to work on that. Okay. Yes. Thank you, John Anik. You are the man. Uh, by the way, coming up this week interview with john anik and myself it's must be must be a pay-per-view fight week if a john anik interview is coming out uh on the ma fighting family of networks so here we go john ray tyler o'neill train no who'd you guys get who'd the red sox get what's his name yeah tyler i don't even want to talk about this Did I, I just I pulled that i i honestly may just pull that out of my butt i don't remember i think that's who it was but yeah watching the yankees sign soto and otani sign with the dodgers oh, and then we trade we're in- we're feeling that up here. Middle, a mid outfielder, the <laughs> middleweighty middleweights of outfielders. <laughs> <laughs> just unbelievable. John says, let's just rebook Tetsura Tyra versus David Dvorak, Santos versus Julia Avila, Steve Garcia versus Jamie Malarkey. Kind of doo doo. Kind of doo doo. By the way, l- let me just say this. Let me just say this. I understand that Steve Garcia and Melchizedek Costa fought at 155 last night. I get it. Uh, these are featherweights. This is a quick rebooking mm-hmm. rather than put them through like a weight cut. They just did it at 155. So I'm not going to call this doo-doo. Um, Garcia is a featherweight now. Okay. He's a featherweight. So just for the for future reference, this is just a fight up a weight class. This is just like Tim Elliott fighting at Bantamweight yesterday. You know what I mean? Same kind mm-hmm. of situation. Kevin Giuseppe versus Johnny Parsons. Mudiz versus the Roman Delize Nasruddin Imovov loser. Sure. A loser, huh? Tim Elliott versus the Mateus Nicolau Manel Cop 2 loser. Man, Tim Elliott versus Manel Cop would be friggin' insane. The only thing is, I feel like Manel, I know, yeah, he won't get a title shot after Nicolau win. Also, and also, uh, was he the winner or loser of that fight? The loser. The loser. I don't know if I want to see. Yeah, oh, that makes more sense. I Nicolau and Elliott already fought. Uh,. Cop and Elliot if Cop loses. Yeah, if Cop yeah, loses, okay. Fun. Okay, okay. That's not terrible. Yeah. yeah, Cop's not getting a title shot if he wins. As much as I want to see it, I, I've been tooting that man's horn ever since he got the UFC. I said just give this man a title shot before he even has a UFC fight. Just give it to him. And he almost got it as the backup fighter before he first entered the octagon. But yeah, Manel Cop's not getting a title shot. That's going to go to either Brandon Moreno or Amir Albazi. He also likes Hack Paras versus Christos Giagos. Ha! <laughs> Anthony Smith versus Dominic Reyes, win or lose. Just speak in my language. Roundtree <sighs> versus Rakic next month. So we talked about this on the post-fight show as well. Why not just keep 
Alexander Rakic on the Toronto card and just have Khalil Roundtree turn around and fight him at UFC 297. That'd be amazing. Although Rakic might get um, Yuri, so I think he'd rather fight Yuri, but yeah. that can't happen if Yuri's timeline is like, you know what, nah, let's do UFC 300 instead. Nah, 301 sounds better. And Yuri has the right to do that. Um, maybe Roundtree gets that fight. I don't mind that. Khalil, please come to Toronto. Please. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just being selfish here, Mike. I just yes. some, I want some good fights on this card. I would love, I love to see it. him in Rakic. Chris Gutierrez versus Montel Jackson. Rebook that. Yes, please. God, Montel Jackson, please, please get back in the fold. Please. And Song Yidong versus the Cheeto Vera, Sean O'Malley, two loser. Oh, uh, I thought about that as well, of course, because I do want to see him and Cheeto run it back at some point. Uh, if O'Malley loses, there is pretty much zero chance he would fight Song Yidong. I, I, I hate to say it, he just would have no interest in it. Um, what is the appeal in rebooking? Because I saw some of these two uh, on my end. What is the appeal in the rebooking David Dvorak and Tetsuro Tyra? I'm pretty sure that ship has sailed. Just because it's a ranked dude and they were matched is up. Is he still ranked? He's 14. He lost three straight. Okay, Alatang Hey Lee was number is number eleven. Or uh, 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 hold on a second, hold on. No, that's a bantamweight, right? So, hold on hold a second. On. I, I, I'm I, so confused right now. I, I am also confused. Uh, Sumaderji, <laughs> I'm sorry, Sumaderji is yes. number eleven, which really? is shocking to me. I didn't think why he's number eleven. <laughs> he's number what? eleven right now. Yeah. I don't even think he's a farve in our in our rankings. Could it be that our rankings are so much better than the UFCs? That can't be possible. I did, he's Who tied. For, such a thing? He's tied for eleven with Steve Urseg. Okay, sure. Back off is thirteen. Dvorak is fourteen. Cody Durden is fifteen. Wait, what's Schnell? Like nine or ten? Schnell's eight. Jesus. Okay, and I like Matt Schnell, but that seems so high. I do uh, too. Okay, but yeah, Alex Perez is, is seven. He hasn't fought in like three years. <laughs> That's not his fault. The MMA gods hate him. Uh, David Dvorak's on a three fight losing streak. I just don't see the appeal in that matchup anymore. We can. I think we can do better than that. No. Tim Elliott, even that. Steve Ursig. Yeah. 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 He's, it's just got to yeah. be a ranked dude. It's got to be a ranked dude next. Yeah. Don't rebook that. Let's go to Four Corner Sports. Four Corners got a little bit of doo doo, <laughs> and he's got a pick that I just <laughs> don't like at all. But let's get into this. Four Corner Sports. Song Yidong versus Dominic Cruz. I like this. I feel like Figgy's going to get the on fight, especially with the on no selling song. Roundtree versus Rackage. Sure. Tim Elliott versus the loser of the Elbazi Moreno main event. Sure. Mm-hmm. Hack Brass versus Tiago Moises. Sure. This this matchup is not the doo-doo pick. I'm saving that for last. The doo-doo, this matchup, I, 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 I looked at it and I was like, this can't be right. Tetsuro Tyra versus Victor Altamirano? If he loses to Felipe Dos Santos? What are we doing here? We're giving, like, we're not going to give Tetsuro Tyra a step up in competition. You want to throw him in there with a the guy if he loses his next fight? What are we doing here? This is not the doo-doo pick? This is not the doo-doo pick. Are you sure? <laughs> oh, wait till you hear what the doo-doo pick is. Wait till you hear what the doo-doo pick is. I, uh-huh. Come on, man. Tetsu Tyra. No, this good. is not good. This is not good. Here's the doo-doo pick, AK. This is this is a tough hang. Anthony Smith versus Anthony Fluffy Hernandez after he loses to Ikram Alaskarov. What? That's true. I'm reading it. I'm reading it verbatim. Is, is, there a, is there a note that Anthony Smith will suddenly hate his own life and decide to drop down to 185? 
He's kind of cut off one of his legs. Yeah, I he's guess. like, oh, I love, I love, because I love cutting down middleweight so much. I need to go back there to fight the winner of Anthony Hernandez versus Iker Mascaro. Oh, four corner sports, come on, four corner sports. What happened? What even if what even if Anthony Smith were to do that, like I don't know, come on. Yeah. I'm not even mad. I'm just, like, are you okay? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Are you okay when you made that pick? That is, it's a tough one. That's a weird one. Yeah, I. I Honestly, if if so, if you gave me a thousand guesses of what the doo doo pick would be in my selections, I would have never guessed Anthony Smith versus Anthony Hernandez in the thousand guesses. But it's okay. Did he say the winner of that fight or Anthony Hernandez after he beats Iker Melsky? No, he, he said Anthony picked- Smith. He said Anthony Smith versus Anthony Hernandez in parentheses uh-huh. after he loses to Ikram. After he loses to Iker Melsky, does he know something we don't? Has Anthony Hernandez does said he's moving up to two hundred five? No. Why would he move up to 205? I don't know. I'm trying to help four corner sports here. Is this not? I'm checking. This is, this is a one. This is a tough this is a, one. This is a 180. This isn't one of those random, like, neither guys want to cut weight. It's a 205 pound fight or something. Like, this is so weird. I've never seen. I, okay. Yeah. Anthony, no, Anthony not, Smith would look good. like he weighs 50 pounds more than Anthony Hernandez. <laughs> he'd, he'd be considerably bigger. Yeah. So this this is doo doo. Wow. This is doo doo. Four corner sports, I love you. You, 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 you're a part of the network. You do you comment on the live shows. You're on heck of a morning all the time. Uh, you submit picture of the show repeatedly, yeah. but this is not good. No. Not good. And I've, and I've I made some bad picks myself. AK did it, I did it last week. Twice. Dad Jackson was banned for the sh- on the show for like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Hey, listen, we learn and we grow and we evolve yes. and we get better. Um, Hopefully we learned a lesson here. AK, that's all I got. What do you have? All right. I don't have too many. Uh, uh, it's just some of the more popular picks. Yeah. So, for Song, it's got, it feels like it's got to be Cruz or Piotr Jan. Um, I know I said Marab, but I think other people are right. It'll probably be one of those two names instead. But, man, I, I love Jan and, and Figgy so much more. I, if I had to choose, it's Jan Figgy by a mile. Like, I just and – so, and Song deserves a big fight, but I don't know. Uh, versus Krilov I saw a lot. Nikita Krilov. I kind of hate that matchup. I feel like that's a, that's a really high risk, low reward fight for Roundtree, unless he knows it's like a keep busy thing and he's almost definitely like in line to fight Pereira somewhere down the road. But he's not, he needs another, I feel like, notable win. I don't know if Krilov gets him there. And I was very happy to see a lot of people recommend Elliot and Schnell to rematch and, and make the note that it was a rematch from their season of uh, Fieldwood Fighter. So big Hold fan. On. Uh, Tristan Gordet, our pal Tristan Gordet, uh, he was on the Smith Krilov train, and also he, I like this matchup a lot. Hyun Sung Park versus Joshua Van. So I'm all I'm all in on that. Uh, oh, sorry, did I say I'm uh, sorry? He was the only person to recommend uh, Anthony Smith Krilov. I was thinking of getting confused with Roundtree Krilov. Which so Anthony Smith Krilov? Uh, now, I guess it's not. Terrible. I, I'm kind of okay with it. I, I get. I, it, I mean, it makes sense. I just don't know what kind. If that's the kind of matchup Anthony Smith is fishing for at this stage after taking a loss like that. But Kraloff has won three in a row. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Smith is still ranked. Uh, well, he won't be ranked above him after this fight. I don't. Uh, this loss. Where is he think. ranked? Let me see. Anthony Smith is. Man, he's eight. Uh huh. Krelov six, Smith's Krelov gonna be six, and the round three's gonna be. Is... So Anthony Smith probably like number eleven, ten or eleven. Round three's eleven right now, so he'll move up to eight. I'm gonna look at our own rankings here. Where do we have Krilov? We have Krilov nine, Smith eleven. Okay, so okay, we have the same. All right, Krilov's yeah. ahead of him. Okay. I mean, I don't. It's look. It's. I'd rather. I don't know. 
It's not. It's not actually terrible. I didn't. I did not remember Krilov being ranked so highly. That's all. Like if Alonzo Menafield beats Dustin Jacoby next week, like Menafield versus Smith makes sense, right? Like yeah, that makes more that. sense. Mm-hmm. You know, plus there's the the teammate aspect to it because Dustin Jacoby trains at Factory X, Anthony Smith, Factory X guy himself. Nice little storyline. Try to get one back for the Gipper. Love that idea. Um, I mean, you could do Krylov, but I think Krylov probably deserves a higher ranked guy. But I don't know. I'm sure he wouldn't say no to it. Uh, going to Twitter, Scott McCrate wants to see uh, Rayan Amanda and Toledo Allen Card two. Was it run it back? He's not happy with the decision. Uh, I think he's stopped short of calling it a robbery. But uh, uh, Scott, I have to say, I did not get a chance to see that fight. Hopefully, I will get a chance. I will review it at some point. Not like do a formal review. I mean, hopefully, I will watch it and just kind of um, judge. I'll do a pre-review review, judge whether it's even worthy of a robbery review. I don't think uh, I've ran that. Mike, yeah, give me your thoughts on that. It's not a robbery, uh-huh. but it's so funny when Joe Martinez is reading the cards because he does the like Bruce Buffer, like and and Michael C. Williams and like others, like they drag it out a little bit. Like mm-hmm. this guy scores it for this guy. This guy scores it for this guy. And this guy, Joe Martinez is like, Judge, Judge Jones scores a 29-28. Judge Murphy scores a 29-28 for, for Alan Carr. And then as soon as I heard him say Judge Montalvo, I'm like, they're giving it to Alan Carr. Like, they're giving it to her. Because it was just, <laughs> it was just one of those. As soon as I said Montalvo, I'm like, well, Montalvo. Alan Carr just won this fight. I, I knew it immediately. It was just one of those fights where, like, Alan Carr had, like, top control but wasn't really doing anything with it. And it's not like Amanda was like blowing the doors off her on the feet in round three. Yeah. But she probably did enough to win, like win the round because she actually like inflicted some sort of damage. But it was like one of those fights where Paul Felder even said, like, look, I don't necessarily agree with the decision, but I think Hyena Amanda is going to go back and watch this fight and be like, damn, like I just fell off a cliff here because she had a great first round. And then, you know, she looked real good for most of the second. And then Alan Carr got a takedown and like, got top position and third round was like Amanda was landing. Alan Carr wasn't like a fish out of water, but yeah, Amanda kind of let it slip away, but I do think she won the fight. It's not a robbery and do yourself a favor. It's not a great fight. So you don't need to do it. <laughs> Probably won't review it in a perfect world. Uh, they would have read the first two cards and given people a chance and then given people like mm, two, two or three minutes to log into live betting uh, see who the third judge was. Mike, you would have seen Jacob Montalvo and you would have put uh, $5,000 on Tilly Allen Carr to win the decision. Uh, and it would have been great. It would have been hilarious. But we don't live in that world, unfortunately. You're not allowed to take advantage of uh, your knowledge of judges in the, in, in, in the heat of the moment. Uh, Tack MMA. Okay, so Tack MMA says uh, Andre Muniz versus uh, Alexander Hernandez, Ellis Grov, loser. Maybe, Mike, maybe this is what Four Corners Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Say that again. Andre Muniz versus the Fluffy Hernandez Alex Garoff oh, loser. Okay. I thought you said Alex. Yeah. I thought you said Alexander Hernandez. I'm like, what? I think I did say. I think I did say Alexander okay. Hernandez. Okay, but, I uh, make sorry, sure Anthony. It, it, yes, I think I did say Anthony Hernandez. Ikram Alexander loser. Um, maybe Muniz, this is what Muniz four corner sports or the loser loser. But may, maybe this is what four corner sports meant. Maybe he just meant to say uh, Andre Muniz and just wrote Anthony like brain fart wrote Anthony Smith. Is that or did he also have a matchup for Muniz? He does not have a matchup for Muniz. So maybe, you know what, Four Corners Sports, if you're out there, I bet you meant Andre Muniz and you you just, you know, whatever. You put I mean, the wrong. I can only go by what I'm reading here. I, it's not your, Mike, I'm not, no. If it's you not called him Andre Smith, I'd feel a little better. Or Anthony oh, yeah, yeah, Muniz. Yeah, it would be a lot <laughs> <much> clearer. 
I have to imagine that's what Four Corners Sports. Meant. All right, I'll um, give you the benefit of the doubt. It's the holidays, but other, better, well, yeah. I mean, the doo doo stands. But oh, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a doo doo pick. Barry O'Reilly, uh, Alan Carr versus Conejo, Luana Sa- Luana Santos versus uh, Alexieva, Irina Alexieva. Both have wins and weight misses over Egger, and he also loves the nickname uh, Russian Ronda. Yeah, you know what? That's the they better not cut Stephanie Egger. By the way, she Cause... better not be cut off two back to back losses to her to opponents who who missed weight by. Th- one by four pounds and one by three pounds. Um, I feel I, and I'm not blaming Edgar. I don't know their situation. You know, girls got to eat, you know, but I, I wish that she had the option to not take either of these fights. Cause this is, I'm just going to say, cause you know how I feel about missing weight this badly. I'm like, this is bullshit. This is bullshit that she had to take back-to-back fights against opponents to miss weight and loses both of them. So she's only getting half her paycheck. It's friggin' ridiculous. Plus, whatever. 20%. She only took 20% for a three-pound weight miss. I think it was probably Setting, a situation. It was probably a situation where it was like, take 20% or don't take the fight. And she was like, well, I guess I got to take 20%. Like, I mean, that's what happens. There's, because there's no penalty to it. There's no penalty. No, it's none. a forfeiture of 20%. Like, what, what, of your of what, your show purse. What is Luana Santos yeah. making right now? 12 and 12? Like, if that? <sighs> she's probably making 12 and 12. What's 20%? It's nothing. It's nothing. It's worth. It was way worth more for Luana Santos to miss weight by three pounds, and she missed it early too, right? Yeah, I know yeah. she took the fight on somewhat yeah. short notice, but yeah, just go get the win. Like it's worth way more. There's, there's just dope. It drives me insane. It drives me insane. Just cheat. We've been telling people just cheat. Just cheat in MMA, and good <laughs> things will happen. Uh, unless you're Chris Gutierrez, apparently, but <laughs> because you get caught, but nobody else does. It's freaking wild man it's freaking wild and uh, okay you good thing you didn't watch that fight because as as the flag bearer of the women's bantamweight division you would have had a, a tough defense on your hand because this was it not wasn't a good great. fight oh no. yeah this it is bad great. this is bad <laughs> it wasn't great yeah amanda amanda versus alan carr was jones gustafson one compared to this fight oh it was not good. It was not good. <laughs> also, we got a title fight coming to uh, Toronto. So, uh, Steve Garcia versus Morgan Chagier. Love it. Great matchup. Hyun Sung Park, Clayton Carpenter. Solid. Jusette, Kevin Jusette and Nico Price. Andre Muniz. Shara Magomedov. I like that a lot, actually. That's a nice test for Shara Bullet, I think. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I don't want to uh, see him. Oh, God. I don't know. Oh. You don't apparently, just... apparently, like he's got Marvin Vittori's attention. So I mean, if you can get Marvin, go get that oh, man. Way better. But, way better. Sheesh, man. I mean, I'd I'd want I'd be super intrigued by that fight because yeah. all you all all Shara would have to do essentially is just like survive five minutes, I think, and I think he has a shot. But I got to, Muniz. Muniz's gas tank kind of held up against uh, Jun Young Park. Not not fully, but. At least it was enough. I don't know. I don't hate it. I'm. Gr- it's growing on me, AK. It's growing mm-hmm. on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Elliott, Alan Nascimento. I think Alan, Nemes- Alan Nascimento was supposed to fight. Um, That's who Elliott replaced. Uh, Sumidierji, right? Okay, so that kind of makes sense. Uh, Nazareth Hackfrest and uh, Joel Alvarez. So I like all that. Uh, Toke Girding Jensen. What's up, Toke? He's down with me. Roundtree. Pre- down with me and down with the people. Roundtree, Panetta, Hackfrest, Dawson, Muniz, and Barbarina. I said this last week. Like, I don't like these Barbarina middleweight picks. I'm not convinced he's going. 
I think he's just, I assume he's going to drop back down to 170, but I have no proof of this. I have no proof of this. It, he, he, who knows? His next fight could be at 185. I assumed he was just kind of doing it to stay busy and not cut weight for that one fight. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the next stage of Brian Barberino's career is a uh, is as a 185er. But he is so, so small for that division. I, I don't understand why he would do that. But not due to picks. He, it is where he lost fought. So fine. Going to Instagram. Uh, Gerard Biagin, Chris Gutierrez, Said Nurmango Medov, uh, Nazwa Hakapras, Elvis Brenner. I thought about that. Elvis Brenner. So friggin' dangerous. My God. Uh, Steve Garcia, Kyle Nelson, sure. I think there's more fun matchups for Steve Garcia. Uh, MMA heads. I just want to try and find ones I haven't read before. Andre Muniz versus Jacob Malkoon. Oh, we're going full middleweighty middleweight. Okay. Wow. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. He's a he's a middleweighty middleweight now. This is the matchups people want for him. Uh, Mike, what do you think of Steve Garcia? Oh, we were just saying this. Don't we don't need these lightweight matchups. Him and Terrence McKinney would be fun, but again, lightweight. Eh, I don't know. I just don't think he's going back there right now. Yeah, Steve's 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 featherweight. Tetsuro Tire, there's that Dvorak rematch. Alan Carr, Jacqueline Amorim, sure. Tino Alvarez, Steve Garcia, Josh Kulabau. Anything else new here? Muniz and versus the Curtis, uh, the Curtis Abakio winner, UFC 297. Oh, here's one I was thought about. Uh, Now it sucks because Kai Carr France's injury was from, I believe it was concussion, so. You can't rush back from those, and it's also the timetable is so different for every fighter. It depends on the you know how severe the concussion was and all this other stuff. But I would I I my first thought was him and Tim Elliott. I, if that fight is possible within the next six months, but it might not be. How do you like Tim Elliott and uh, Kai Car France? Like, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'd watch it. Love it. If he wins, uh, then we do the cop fight. I have and then, to see Cobb and Kai Kai France fight at this point. Okay, I, I agree, I agree. It. There's Yeah, there's heat there. Uh, all right, and last one over here from Blake Lua. What's up, Blake? Hi, AK. Hope you aren't too upset about Otani going to the Dodgers. Uh, let me just say quick, <laughs> touch upon this. I'm in Toronto. I'm a Toronto sports guy. I guess I got to weigh in. I've, I've only tweeted like two things about it. It's just nothing, nothing worth saying. Uh, one, I had been saying he would go to the Dodgers very early on in his free agency. It's not, oh, not like I had some inside scoop. Everyone was saying he wanted to go to the Dodgers. That was like, the early scuttlebutt and i was on that train i was with everybody else like yeah he's gonna want to stay in la just switch teams um so i never got my hopes up too high even as every week there was more buzz about the blue jays being in the picture i'm like yeah that's because they're negotiating there's there's leverage like they 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 need to get leverage and i'm pretty sure that's have the end too i think the jays were in consideration and i think the dodgers outbid their asses by like a lot i would i would bet the jays we're not offering more than six hundred million, which is an insane number to throw out already. Uh, so if they got an extra hundred million out of the Dodgers by negotiating with the Jays and the San Francisco Giants and whoever else was in the mix, then guess what? Uh, you know what, Otani and your team, you did your job. I have no hard feelings. You did your job. That's how it's supposed to be. The stuff. I don't know how much Mike were you keeping up with all the the rumors on Tuesday, the flight plans and everything. It was the best. It was hilarious, and I saw people dying over it. Again, maybe I'm just a, a un, unsympathetic Toronto sports fan. I, I don't. I'm not one of those Toronto sports fans with an inferiority complex. Like, why does this always happen to our city? And I'm like, we're like, we're pretty lucky as a sports city. We have three major sports teams. We 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 won a title with the, you know the Raptors 2019. Our teams pretty consistently make the playoffs and then flame out very often. But otherwise, we're pretty lucky. So I'm not like torn up about oh we 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 didn't get Otani. Like we didn't have him guys. We didn't have him. I would have loved 
being the, the team that had that, that 10 years, 600, 650 million, whatever, because it's fun, not because I think it guarantees a championship. So that's my two cents on that. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, I would have loved to have Otani in Toronto, but I'm not like, I'm not crying about it, guys. You didn't have, we didn't have him. We didn't lose him. We didn't have him. Mike, I don't know how you feel about, I don't know. I don't think he was going to Boston, but I don't know if you had any hopes that he was going to land there. Not really. Honestly, um, I know he loves Boston. And but there's no way the Red Sox are going to pony up that kind of dough. There's no chance they probably offered him like they probably offered him like we got something for you, Mister Otati. Three years, thirty five million, and he's right. <laughs> <laughs> like it's classic Red Sox. So I, I whoever is on his team deserves like not ten percent. They deserve like forty percent of this Crushed deal. It. This Crushed Toronto, it. This, this Toronto rumor to me oh was my. a plant from his team. It had to be. It had. That's to what be. people are saying. John Morosi, the 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 uh, pretty respected uh, MLB Network reporter, who said literally that he was on a flight to Toronto. I believe he was the first. There was an LA Dodgers beat reporter who said he'd sign with Toronto. I think that was first of the day, first order of the day. And then Morosi coming saying he was actually flying to Toronto, but but saying he had not signed yet, but was flying to Toronto. Uh, I do believe it was an agent that or someone from Otani's team ha- has to has to be. And guess what? It worked. It sure it did. Worked. It sure did. You got seven hundred million dollars. Holy crap, dude! It's Incredible. so ridiculous. Incredible. So anyway, Blake, that's what I'd say about that. I'm not. I'm not heartbroken about yeah. it. Um, Blake's picks: uh, Roundtree, Jan Blachowicz, uh, Anthony Smith, Uzdemir two. I'm, I'm like weirdly okay with that. I just think it's kind of random. They wouldn't do it. Uh, and I want to end on this because Blake asks. Uh, we just got the announcement, Mike. Tough thirty two. It is back. The the long the greatest reality television show. Maybe the greatest television show. Period in human history is back. I think they said middleweights and featherweights this year. Not that that matters as far as picking coaches, but that's what Blake wants to know, Mike, is who do you want to coach the new season of the Ultimate Fighter? And I know you have talked about this on Heck of a Morning, but for those who may have missed that segment, uh, Mike, what do you got? Where are you going with this? I would like to see John Jones and Tom Aspinall as the coaches. I think that would just be like, whoa, it'd be something. See, throw these two guys in the pan and, and let them cook a little bit, and maybe we could build something up. What I think is going to happen, my guess is we're going to get John Jones and Steve A because no fan on earth wants to see this fight. Nobody does. Although Dana, is, Dana White is steadfast that we have to see it. We have to see this fight. It needs to happen. It doesn't need to happen. I mean, it can happen, but it, it should not be for the UFC heavyweight title. Just put the belt on Tom Aspinall, do the fight, and then you have no problems for me. Um, but I do think Dana is at least connected to some way to know how fans are reacting to all of this. And so that's why I think they're going to, he's going to just double down on it and be like, all right, well, we're just going to have these two cook and coach the ultimate fighter and we'll build the fight this way, even though the ultimate fighter is good for like two episodes and then everybody stops watching it anyways. I mean, they couldn't get range with freaking Conor McGregor as the coach. I mean, it's tough, man. It's tough. He was barely on it. Actually, that's not true. I think they, no, I shouldn't say he did. He wasn't there always when they needed him, but he did. There was at least one or two Conor focused segments per episode. So, all right, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. But my prediction, we're going to get John and Bay as the coaches. Gosh, I guess that's kind of the way you have to go as far as upcoming like big name fights and title fights. Uh, we were talking about the show and I had the, the sick idea of <laughs> making the – like people are not – do you get the sense people are not um, 
super invested in the Raquel Pennington versus Maeda Bueno Silva vacant women's bantamweight title fight. Have you gotten that feeling that maybe there it's not like the highly anticipated fight? <laughs> um, yes. I've heard people say that. I don't know why. I assume it's a minority. I assume everyone else is like me. And because you know, like look, this is a fight that has to happen. It's important. Mm-hmm. We have we have like, if we're going to keep this division rolling, like we got to have a fight happen. Mm-hmm. And this is the fight. Now, it is important to note, as you all know, it is not the main event. So what are we it's so not. upset it about? Should it should be. What are we so upset about? Like, Mara Marina Silva is super fun. And Raquel <laughs> Pennington, when she has the right dance partner, can also be super fun. Yes. And she deserves the title fight. She absolutely deserves the title fight. Raquel Pennington, a second shot at it. Yeah, just do it. It's a co-main event. So what? My- Mike, would we sweeten the deal if I told you it was the sweepstakes to become the coach of the next Ultimate Fighter opposite Juliana Pena? Would that make <sighs> you? Would that make you ten times more invested? Twenty times? Like how much more invested would that make you in this fight? I would. That's what was being dangled for the winner. I would boost my ESPN Plus subscription. I don't know how yes. I would do it. Somehow, plus you. Oh, you go plus plus. I'd go plus plus. I'd go add <laughs> ad free, like all that fun stuff, like whatever we need to do. I would do it if we can get that. I mean, Juliana Pena on my screen for twelve straight weeks would just scratch me right where I itch, and I, her and my Verna Silva just going back and forth, just screaming at each other. Uh, to be look, no, I don't want to see that. But what else are we gonna do? Like, honestly, what else are we going to do? I'm trying to think. Do you do, like, I don't know. Do you just do, like, GSP in there somehow? Just throw I in, literally like, forgot. Well, you're on the right track. First, I was I literally forgot that Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes just did the Ultimate Fighter, the season, Ultimate Fighter 30, the season before McGregor Chandler. Oh, my I, God, I, you're right. I, I, I remember Pena had been on the show, obviously, as a contestant. And then I was like, did she coach or pop up as a coach? I'm like, oh, yeah, she coached the whole season. Um, a not great season talent wise nor nor entertainment wise frankly so you know what hey but people want more pena there you go you can have imagine her coaching two ultimate fighter seasons within the span of two years or three years oh money baby money what if they did misha Um, tate and holly holm i love it so you're on the right track mike with that and with the gsp suggestion because my my real answer my real answer uh women's bantamweight jokes aside my real answer is, and I've said this forever, so I won't go all into it, is that they should get co- people who are actually coaches who would make for interesting personalities, not necessarily even active fighters. So my dream is if you're gonna tr- if you're gonna try and do something new with the older fighter, which they never do, but if you're gonna try and do something new, get me Chel Sonnen, get me Matt Sarah, get me like maybe GSP, get Holly Holm, Michigan. get uh, Holly Holm, Michigan are actually fighting, so that'd be a different thing, but get people beloved personalities respected fighters and make them the coaches because i don't care about building up a fight it's not worth it we just saw mcgregor and chandler building up a fight that uh like it's probably never going to happen the, the pena and nunez season it was for a trilogy belt that we all like we figured had to happen but we didn't need to be built up the season did not build that fight up more it did nothing it did nothing for it it just delayed it we're just like let's just get this third pena nunez uh sorry second pena nunez fight over with um and so you have to set the whole season the ultimate fighter for no reason. So forget using it to build up fights. It worked in the past. It's pointless now. Give me coaches. I've still want, I would love to see Chelsea do it. He did it when he was an active fighter. I'd love to see him coaching again. Matt Serra it was so good as a coach, so good on the redemption season. It was hilarious. Bring him in. Give me personalities. Uh, I know they're going to, like you said, they're probably just going to pray that they can get John Jones to do the season again. He's, he's coached before. He coached against Sonnen, but... 
that doesn't happen, UFC and Ultimate Fighter team, think outside the box here, please. I still feel like we can do something with the show. I haven't given up on it. Tough never die. Could do Pereira and Jamal Hill. Give Jamal can something have to do. Jam- I don't know can if he can. Have, can you have Jamal Hill on TV at this point? Yeah, I He's don't doing know. great with his YouTube channel. I don't know if we want him on TV. He's That dude's a loose cannon. I'm just trying to think, like, who would be? I mean, if Sean Strickland O'Malley beats, and Cheeto Strickland, would be good, but the fight's in March. It's coming up. If Sean Strickland beats Jacob <laughs> Stuplacy. Oh, and my Sean God. A, hey, listen, Sean Strickland's a loose cannon as well. I would have no interest in watching him on TV, but I'm in the minority here. There's a lot of people who like Sean Strickland, and God help us. And, and honestly, if you put him on a show like that, he'd be on his quote unquote best behavior, whatever that means. Or he wouldn't, and the UFC would love it. I don't know. He might be too uh, potentially problematic for that to happen. But oh, I got could one. Really, be the guy if he wins, and you, you you can throw someone else in there with him. I got one. If DDP wins the middleweight title, do DDP and Izzy, please, please. I would love it. Wow. That's that. That is the a use of the format. That yeah. is, and again, and and Izzy still gets to take his time off because he gets to, he just films the show. It's a long break between the uh, it films the show like whatever six weeks and then takes a long break between the airing of the show and whatever his next fight would be. So he still gets a long break. We you, the fight wouldn't happen until like uh, late third quarter, early fourth quarter of twenty twenty four. So there you go. Maybe we will see what happens, but we'll see. That puts a, a pin on... That was it, right? That was the last... That is it. AK, we only have one more matchmaking show of 2023. It's next week. It will be live. Mm-hmm. We'll be yes. live doing it. My best friend following just a star-studded, stacked-up UFC 296 event. For all the people who are like, oh, you guys are so negative about cards, all this stuff. Bullshit. We are all over this one. This, <laughs> is, this is chef's kiss. This is what we... This is what... We tell people, tell our fans, this is what you should be expecting. This is what you should demand from the UFC on pay-per-view if you're going to spend $80 plus implicable taxes. A card like this, Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington. Alexandra Pantoja versus Brandon Royval. AK, your prediction of the year of the raw dog could come true. Shavkat Rachmanov versus Wonderboy. Tony Ferguson versus Patty Pimlet. This is your card, AK. This is your card. I love it. Vicente Luque versus Ian Machado Gary. Josh Emmett now fighting Bryce Mitchell, which, by the way, I like this fight better than the Giga fight. I like this fight much more than the Giga fight, if we're being honest. Arini Aldana versus Carol Hosa. Cody Garbrandt versus Brian Boom Kelleher. Casey O'Neill, Ariane Lipsky. Alonzo Menafield, Dustin Jacoby. Tagir Ulanbekov versus Cody Durden. Andre Feely versus Lucas Almeida. Shamil Gadzia versus Martin Boudet. The first fight of the card, AK, is Randy Brown versus Muslim Salikov. That is the curtain jerker. That just tells you how good this card is. So I can't wait for UFC 296. It is going to be a fun week. Jose will be boots on the ground in Las Vegas. Of course, we got the all of the, the fun stuff that happens heading into the final UFC event of the year, the MMA Awards. Uh, Karate Combat's doing a fun card headlined by Benson Henderson versus Anthony Pettis, which is freaking insane. Jake Paul's boxing this week. I'll be out there for oh, that. I right. mean, Jesus, right. there's so much happening right uh, now. Uh, KSI and uh, it was Speed or whatever his name is are doing a sparring session during the oh, Jake Paul fight. What's his name? Speed. It's some YouTuber. I, it's, I'm a, old. it's amazing how KSI is doing this, but yet him and Jake Paul never going to fight each other. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> so at this senseless. Point. It's just never, ever going to happen. But So senseless. Uh, 
final on to the next one for matchmaking coming up next week will be live Mike, on the YouTube channel. This time next week, Kofi Covington could be the undisputed UFC welterweight champion of the world. I got to tell you, AK, the closer we get to this fight, the more the vibes are telling me that Colby's going to win. The more you've the been vibes saying this for a long time, though. This isn't new. For, you've been saying this since and before this matchup was even made. You were saying, like, he's a, da- a lot. You, you and a few, quite a few people, he's a dangerous matchup for Leon. Here's the thing. Matchup. Like, it's one of those fights where nothing would really surprise me. Yeah, yeah. This is a fight where Leon could just kick Colby right across the face early. Sure. To me, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think this is going to be a like not a. It's going to be a, a gritty battle. The difference is to me how much does the long layoff affect Colby, and if Colby can start red hot, if he can come out and just win the first two rounds, I think Leon's in trouble, man. I think this could be a real long night for him. It all just matters when Colby wakes up. If he gets cooked, look at the second Usman fight. If we get that Colby who doesn't get going until like midway through the third round. Leon probably wins this fight. But if Colby can be that dude, because this is probably his last chance fighting for the belt. Like, if he loses to Leon, it's as much as the UFC likes him, it is almost impossible to justify giving him a title shot again. So, the fallout of this fight, win or lose, is going to be super interesting. Because if Colby wins, poor Bilal Muhammad's never fighting for the welterweight title ever. He might fight for like an interim belt, but he's never fighting for the actual title. And if Colby loses, does he retire? Like, th- this is a question I've been getting a lot. A lot of people wondering, like, do you think he retires if he loses to Leon because he may not get another shot at the belt? And now that Mazadal's retired, like, there's the the big prize fight he fights for Colby. There aren't a lot left that are actually available to him right now that would really interest him. So I'm I'm super curious for this fight. The vibes of 2023, it would just be so on brand if Colby won the belt. And Tony Ferguson beat Patty Pimblett. Like all the weird Wonder Boy beat Shafkot. Like that, this could be like the 2023 of all pay per view events if just all the weird shit happened. And it's all on the table here, AK. It's all possible. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm, I'm dreading some of the things that might happen, not just on fight night, during fight week, considering oh, some boy, of the names yeah. on this card. But I'm excited. But I'm way more excited than I am uh, dreading what's what could happen. Just think of the press conference, AK. We're gonna I'm get, trying not to. We're going to get Leon, Colby, poor Prentoja and Royval are not even going to like get a question. <laughs> no. Shavkot's just going to sit there. Wonder Boy's just going to laugh at everything. Ferguson and Pimblet are going to do Ferguson and Pimblet things. And then Ian Machado Gary's just going to take into the teeth from everybody on the stage. So <laughs> Has he? Do people talk? What, what's going on? I, 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 don't, I haven't heard anything about Ian Machado Gary recently. What do you mean, my best? I did, just, no one's talking about him or his personal life. That's not. No. I'll tell you what, man. If I'm Patty Pimblett, I'm Venmo and Ian Machado Gary like a couple G's. He's taking, it's like, there's like nobody talking about Patty right now. Not yeah. one person. Now that could change yeah. next week, but it's it's the main event and it's Ian Machado Gary. That's that's it. Those are the headlines right now. It's like almost people have forgotten that Tony Ferguson versus Patty Pimblett is happening, which is insane. And you should probably be on the watch party for that fight, AK. I will definitely will be. Yeah. I think we have I to definitely. make that happen. So, yep. uh, yes, UFC 296. Can't wait for it. Can't wait to talk about the fallout from a matchmaking perspective. And then the fun stuff really starts with this program. I think we may take a week off, and then we're going to start recording uh, the prediction shows, which I'm yes. freaking excited about. Um, we'll do the recap of the 2023 predictions. 
it's going to be fun. We'll probably do what we did last year. We did it live last year. The uh, actual year of prediction show. We sent all the questions to Casey. And then Casey just surprised us with what came up. <laughs> and it was super fun. So we'll probably do something very similar to that this year. So please start submitting your buy or sell questions for 2024. Uh, in the world of the UFC and mixed martial arts, I'm sure PFL and the the, the, the co-leader, PFL, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of interest in what they do. So start submitting, however you submit your matchmaking suggestions, your buy-sell questions, make them good. Make them good. Like, does Conor McGregor fight for, does Conor McGregor fight in 2024? I'm sure we're going to get a similar question, but at least like, make it good. Like last year, for here's an example. Conor McGregor and... John Jones will have a combined three fights in 2023 or 2024. Something like that. Let's have yeah, some like fun that. with this. I like that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You guys are good at this. You guys know what to do. Uh, I think the other Connor question was, uh, will Connor buy or sell Connor McGregor fights on International Fight Week or Madison Square Garden? And I'm here to tell you, I picked both. <laughs> and I was so wrong. Uh, I, I, I don't think I did very well. Uh, you and I, there's some good ones. We had some healthy debate. And we'll re, we'll recount all of that. Then we'll do our 2024 prediction show. And then what? I think January 13th, the UFC is back in action. We're at the Hallowed Apex leading right into UFC 297 and then back to the Apex and then back to the Apex and then back to the Apex and then to Anaheim. And I'm sure back to the Apex again. And then we go to Miami. It should be fun, everybody. It's going to oh, then Saudi Arabia, then Miami. So we're ready to go but we have to put a pin in 2023 and we'll do that next week right here and on to the next one the podcast you're listening to the vox media podcast network the bellator champion series is back in action friday may 17th live from paris france reigning bantamweight champ patchy mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.